This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Helen Rosner, a staff writer at The New Yorker, where she covers all things culture, though mostly about food. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. I, I feel like we could just be doing this all day, but I want to I want to <laughs> yes. make sure that we answer all three yes. letters. Yes. So I'm going to read our last one, which again I think we we went from like biggest possible perspective, then we sort of like came in for like a middle shot, and now we're doing the close up of right. like different versions of the same problem. Like I, this could technically be Mary in 20 years. Oh yeah. If Mary gets married tomorrow, um, so the subject is not so amicable. After 20 years together, my husband has recently left me for a much younger woman. They'd had an affair for a year. I found out about it. He ended things, or so I thought. We worked things out in therapy, and I forgave him. Two years later, he said he still loved her, that their affair never truly ended, and that he couldn't continue our marriage. That was six months ago. They have since broken up. Most of our mutual friends don't know about this affair and the lying. Neither do our two teenage sons. I kept this information from them and hid my anger and pain from them as well as I could. I don't want them to resent their father. And I didn't want our friends to be drawn into our drama and feel like they have to pick a side. Now our friends keep talking about our, quote, perfect breakup, how mature and grown up we are being in all of this, and how nice it is to see, quote, two great people splitting up amicably. They are even calling me lucky because he's still maintaining such a great relationship with his sons. My ex has always been seen as a, quote, perfectly nice guy, and my discretion is helping him keep up this image. My problem is that this is eating me up inside. I feel like the pain he caused me is completely overlooked. How do I process this feeling, and how do I set boundaries with mutual friends without being a, quote, vengeful, terrible ex? I thought the last line was such a crux here. I was like, I don't know that the letter writer is actually afraid of the kids being too mad at their dad or uh, the friends feeling like they have to pick a side. I think the letter writer is afraid, if I'm honest, my kids might not give a shit, and my friends might pick my husband. And that's the fear. Oh. Which is that, like, if I tell the truth, no one's going to be angry with me. Everyone's going to be embarrassed that I aired our dirty laundry in public and saw me as the embittered older wife and not the, like, cool, easygoing guy. So I have a, like evil manipulative person solution to this. Go on. Which is pick one of the friends who you are plausibly close with. Say, hey, I have something I want to get your take on. Sit down with them and say, okay, this is just between us. And this is key, right? Like this is just between us. The full story of my breakup with, let's call him Jeff. But the full story of my breakup with Jeff is actually not the version that we have told all of you guys. The truth is that for several years before we split up, he was having an affair with someone else. He actually left me for her. And then they broke up. Also, she's really young. Also, we tried to work this through in therapy and he lied to me about it. I've been totally messed up inside. Of course, you can understand, Vera, that it's been important to me to hold it together for the kids. But it's killing me 
to know that he got away with this. And I don't want to do anything. I don't want to ruin his life. But like, what do you think I should do? And then... Vera will tell everyone. Vera will tell fucking everyone. And you have not a speck of dirt on you. And if anything, you can get mad at Vera. I appreciate that very much. This feels like the... um, uh, Gosh, what's the movie I'm trying to think of? Letter, A Letter to Three Wives. <laughs> I don't know that one. It's great. It's... it's uh, uh, yeah, it is a letter to three wives. It's uh, Linda Darnell. Uh, mm. It's it's like the main one, and like Jean Crane and um, Celeste Holm, who was the third build woman in All About Eve, um, the one who spends the whole movie being like, I don't know about this. <laughs> That's my attempt. Anyways, it's like the whole movie is just like this woman is leaving town, and she's like written a letter to all of her friends, and it's like I had an affair with your husband, or did I? <laughs> <laughs> it's very dramatic. Um, I like that. I always like the like maximal, you know, just sort of like high intrigue answer. I also think like, you know, letter writer, I can really appreciate the fear, which is that you will be portrayed or understood as vengeful and angry. I also think that there's a lot of room in between spilling every detail to everybody with no consideration for like your tone or your approach versus like, important and meaningful updates about your life. Like, I mean, a big aspect of this is that you were horribly wronged. Like, this is not an amicable split. You were in, you were in a presumably monogamous relationship with someone with whom you were building your life and co-parenting two children. And he kept a huge secret from you that was a betrayal of like fundamental aspects of your marriage. And then when he was found out, he was like, cool, I'm not going to do that anymore and kept doing it. Like you got fucked, sweetheart. Like you deserve to be mad. You deserve to be wounded. These are not vengeful, terrible person feelings. These are normal person feelings. Yeah. And this is like, I want the, hopefully like you want the people in your life to know what you've been going through so they can be there for you. Yeah. And, and what I think especially strikes me about this letter is he's never even asked you to keep this a secret. Like this is all something that you're doing without you're even still having covering been asked. For him. You forgave him in therapy, like, which good for you. And, you know, I, I think that like, you know, fidelity is complicated and I don't think it's an immediate end relationship card. Like, I'm glad you guys tried to work it out and that you trusted him, but you're continuing to enable him by allowing him to exist within this narrative, being like a perfectly nice guy and your breakup just sort of happened for mysterious universe reasons instead of he was fucking a younger woman for many, many years behind your back. Yeah, and and so I would think like, I can really appreciate that you don't want to like make things too difficult for your kids. And I certainly think that there's a lot of distance between giving them the basic facts in an age-appropriate way versus like, I'm going to sit you down like sobbing and tell you every gory detail and then make you sign an affidavit saying that you hate your father. Like, (laughs) you don't have to do that. I don't think you will do that. But I think for your own well-being and and simply because it is true and a thing that happened, um, you will need to be able to talk about this and, you know, yeah, I, I think if you even just want to start with saying to your friends, hey, I've really appreciated that you guys have have praised the amicability of this split, but I just want to let you know that when you tell me I'm lucky, it actually really hurts. And while I have been trying to keep things peaceful, there are elements of this divorce that are really hard. So if you could please not make any comments along those lines, I would really appreciate it. You can say that without sharing any more details 
buy yourself some time if you don't feel ready to share those details. But you can you can make that request right now, very straightforwardly. Yeah. I think any reasonable person would understand that and would say, oh my gosh, of course, I'm really sorry. I think that there's also, you know, within that exact same middle ground space, you don't have to one by one go to every single person in your friend group and correct their misconception. Yeah, lean on Vera. Right, lean on Vera for that. You also don't have to have a big outburst where everyone is gathered together. I think that this is the sort of thing where if you let people in, you know, maybe in order of their closeness to you and how much you trust them, because you also need care here. This isn't just about correcting the record. Like you said, Danny, it's also because you deserve to allow your friends to take care of you and to be there for you. And so part of being honest with Vera or one or two other select people who maybe have the wrong impression of what happened here is not just correcting this narrative that your husband is you know, the model ex-partner, but is also, you know, putting up a little bit of a flag to say like, I'm tender, I'm bruised, love me, like take care of me, be my friend, which you are entitled to at all phases in your life, not just when you're getting grievously fucked over by a husband who's basking in a good reputation. Right, And, and I can really appreciate that you also don't want to go down the route where you kind of indulge in some of your desires for vengeance because you know that that's not actually what you want. I get that. I can appreciate that. And I would just say again, like you can preempt that in your conversations with anyone by saying like, I don't want to go into a ton of detail and I'm trying not to stay too focused on my, like you can stress the like, and again, like part of that will also just come across as like, you'll look like a fucking angel. Sorry about that. Like Mm -hmm. you'll sound even better. Um, But if you just say like, he had an affair, we tried to work through it. He left me for her. Then things didn't work out. I don't want to go into a lot more detail than that. And um, I'm not trying to tell you that he is an evil person who you can never be friends with. I don't want to make anyone choose sides. And, you know, life can get complicated. I just wanted you to know that, I, you know, it's been really hard for me. I, I think people would hear that. And hopefully, unless you're friends with really unreasonable people, would not say like, wow, you're really, you're really taking this too far. You're really vengeful. Um, If you find that the more you talk about it, the more you want to talk about it, the more you do want to embellish details, not embellish like makeup, but like wallow in them and that it is causing you pain, at that point, certainly you can like check in with, again, a therapist, a trusted friend, you know, journal some more, say like, uh, I've actually like, you know, gone, gone as far down the road of sharing this as I want to and like find ways to move in a different direction. But I just, I guess I just say all this because like, I don't want the letter writer to feel like sharing this with people necessarily means that they will all say, oh, wow, he's awful. Let's get together every Friday, burn him an effigy, talk about how bad he is and just mm-hmm. like wallow in pain and resentment forever. I would, also, like that- I would also say like, you know, if these are good friends, right? If they're not like horrible jerks, they'll want to know and they might feel sad if it comes out years down the line that you went through all of this alone. And I'm not trying to make you the bad guy here. In fact, quite the opposite. It it makes me very unhappy reading this letter to see that all of the really harsh negative words here are words that you reserve for yourself. You know, Mm. you're the one who you're describing as potentially vengeful and terrible. Like you are delicate and gracious and forgiving when you describe a man who treated you with dehumanizing brutality, you know, and treated your relationship that way. Like, let your friends care for you. And if they decide that they don't want to, look, I know this is a flip thing that, you know, it's easy for us to say on this side of the letter, but like, then they're not your friends. 
And you should be with people who can see that you're not vengeful and terrible for having had something done to you, that you worked hard to accommodate, that you tried to get past, and that is not your fault. And again, I can also appreciate that fear because like, there have certainly been times when without necessarily doing anything wrong, a woman gets targeted for being the bummer by simply telling the truth about a cool, fun guy that everyone wants to Mm -hmm. like. And so I'm also aware that that risk is real and that there may be people who will in the moment say, wow, that's awful, I'm so sorry, but that will later like him better um, because he's happy and fun. But you can't control that. Yeah, and like, you know, if keeping his secret would make any of that easier, you know, that'd be one thing, but I don't think that it would. You don't owe him this. Um, you owe him very little. You you can absolutely just like tell the bare facts without doing any name calling or or anything else. And I think, you know, again, if you're worried that just like no one's ever going to want to be friends with him again, people want to be friends with guys who cheated on their wives all the time. Um, cheaters are often very charming and fun to also, be Also, your kids are teenagers, so, right? It's not like you're co-parenting a four-year-old and a six-year-old and you've got to keep this up for another decade plus. Like there's going to reach a point where the two of you don't have to interact anymore. You're going to have no, you can, you don't have to hide. You don't have to pretend that he's great when he really hurt you. There's like, there's being careful about how you talk about your ex in front of your kids, which I think is a good thing. Like you should never treat them as your therapist or your friends that you're venting to. But then there's like going too far and turning into like an old Betty Davis movie where it's like, she's got brain cancer, but no one will tell her because, you know, it would be too upsetting. Like this happened for the last three years. This is a pretty big thing. This affected you immensely. You're their mom. You know, they should know the basic outline. I think. And I think that if they find out later, if your kids find out later, if your friends find out later, you do run the risk of them wanting to know why you didn't let them in. And it just, I feel so bad. Like this letter writer's already been holding it just to, between her and her ex and their therapist for the last three years, which sounds awful. awful. And just like the idea of having to carry it by herself for the rest of her life is just like, that's really sad. And so I just would really encourage this letter writer to talk about this. You don't deserve punishment. Like you don't flagellate over that. I mean, just God, do some like primal scream therapy, make an effigy, tell your gossipiest friend and let them handle it. And good luck. Um, I hope that the next 20 years are much, much better. And this is, you know, again, just like my my thought of the three letters all together is that like job protections for workers in this country are often few and far between whether you work at a store or whether you work as a stay-at-home parent. And one of the risks that you can run if you're financially dependent on a partner is that 20 years in, your partner might leave you. And one of the risks you run at a traditional employer is that they might exploit and underpay you. And so I, I think it's just like useful not to think like, what's the most feminist choice for working in or outside of the home so much as just how can you protect yourself as a worker And if you do decide to be financially dependent on a romantic partner for the duration of your adult life, um, to just think uh, ahead of time of what are my backups if the absolute worst happens, not because, uh, you know, uh, I hope that that does happen, but because it's good to have a plan. And um, if your boss is also your husband, then, you know, you gotta gotta have a double backup. Hopefully you don't have to use it, but... (laughs) You know, have it, have it and don't use it. Better to have it and not need it. Yeah, know where the exits are. 
Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form, or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.